Well, let's turn your uh, Bibles to Proverbs. Uh, we'll be in Proverbs chapter 10 is where we'll begin this morning. Uh, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, we're just going to stay in Proverbs. We're going to uh, start here in chapter 10. And we're just going to go for however long time allows. Uh, you know, I think I've got way more material prepared than uh, what we have time to cover, but we'll just see where we get to. Uh, around, around in Proverbs 10, uh, you know, I was kind of reading through uh, here the other day, and it seems like when you get to Proverbs 10, he starts getting, you know, what I call more choppy. You know, there's more like one and one to three verse kind of, you know, saying or wisdom or, uh, you know, uh, a proverb, you know, a short uh, little thing for you to think about and, and uh, understand uh, about life. One thing that kept showing up, you know, as I went through uh, chapter 10 and 11 is, uh, and pay attention to this, is how um, Solomon talks about the wicked and the righteous. And not only this... Uh, being able to identify the wicked and the righteous around us, uh, he tells he, you know he tells uh, a lot a lot of attributes about these about these two characters, the wicked and the righteous. But also, uh, think in your own life: Am I participating or have participated, uh, continue to participate maybe in things that uh, Solomon says are what the wicked do, or am I? Uh, doing, participating, acting like the way uh, Solomon says the righteous act. Uh, and so anyway, you know, self-reflection there. But I do think it's helpful, uh, at least it is for me, to look at what he says and, and being able to identify these two characters uh, all around me. And I call them characters, these two, two people maybe, however you want to think about that. But again, self-reflection and the ability to identify it when we see it. Let's just start in Proverbs 10, and we're, like I say, we're just going to go kind of verse by verse and uh, talk through uh, these verses. Some of them, I don't have much to say. They seem pretty self-explanatory, uh, you know, so some of them there'll be more uh, discussion than others. <clears throat> Proverbs 10 and verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. We see this around us. You know, you see uh, parents that, you know, raise their, raise their children uh, in the ways that they think they should go. Uh, and they, um, you know, the, the foolish son uh, goes and does things that bring shame or bring uh, grief uh, to the mother. And, and we see that play out. And yet we see the wise son... He says here, makes a father glad. Uh, you know, so the one that does the will of the father makes the father proud, makes the father glad. Uh, and the foolish son, the one that is out uh, doing foolish things, acting foolishly, getting involved in all sorts of things that they ought not, uh, brings grief to his mother. It's, it's something the mother never, uh, I don't think they ever recover from. You know, I mean, you can... 
Uh, sometimes you see it uh, on on a mother more than more than other uh, other times, but uh, certainly something that sticks sticks with them. You think about the love of a mother uh, nourishing that child from a very young age and trying to teach that child uh, the right ways, the right things. Same thing with a father trying to teach that that son uh, to do right, and then for that son to go out and act foolishly. Uh, it brings grief. It brings um, you know, you bring something on other people uh, when you act in these ways. Verse 2, Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. Um, you know, I think there that this treasures of wickedness profits nothing. You know, so this profiting off of something in a wicked way, uh, you know, it's saying it profits nothing. You have, um, it is a treasure, treasures of wickedness. You've, you've gained this thing in a way that you ought not, uh, whether it be money or, or something. Uh, but, you know, Solomon here is saying it, it leads or it profits to nothing. Uh, but the, the righteousness delivers from death. And so and you think about how this could be, uh, played out uh, in life, you know, you 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 gain this thing by some uh, unrighteous way, by some way that it shouldn't have been done, uh, and most of the time that leads to a bad reputation. Folks are going to find out most of the time how you how you acquired this, uh, how you came about it. Words going to get out, uh, you know, and Solomon uh, saying that eventually, you know, ultimately it leads to nothing. Uh, it leads uh, down a bad road. And, and you'll see here as we go through that, you know, it seems to me at least that some of these uh, things Solomon talks about in almost a strictly physical way. And then to me, it seems like some of these things he talks about in a physical yet spiritual way. Like they're all, you know, so seemingly, it's, at least it seems to me, sometimes they're very intertwined and sometimes he separates them more. Uh, you know, the physical and the spiritual. But he says righteousness delivers from death. And so... Uh, you know, to me that, that seems more uh, of, of a spiritual application that, that righteousness ultimately will lead you, uh, will deliver you from death. Uh, and he's saying that this, this treasures of wickedness, this profiting uh, from something how hey, you are not, that ultimately leads to nothing. Verse 3, The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he cast away the desire of the wicked uh, the promise of the Lord here that He's going to take care of His people. Um, you know, you look back through time. You know, we talked a lot about that this, this morning in our nine o'clock nine o'clock class. Um, how the Lord's going to take care of those who are His. He's going to provide. He provides us richly all things to enjoy. That it says there in First Timothy six. You know, so He's He's taking care of the righteous. He's not going to let us famish. Uh, he's going to supply our needs. Um, you know, we talked in our class about with food and clothing, these you shall be content. Uh, it's, you know, it's just uh, Solomon seems to just be telling us some, you know, basic truth that God uh, is not going to allow those that follow Him uh, to famish. You're not going to die of hunger, but He cast away the desire of the wicked. So He's taking care of those who are His. Uh, we see that promise all through Scriptures, old and new. Uh, but yet he's going to cast away the desires of the wicked. Verse 4, 
He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Man, we also we this is you know, and Solomon talks a lot about the lazy man. Uh, he talks a lot about uh, you know being diligent, being working hard. Uh, in contrast with the lazy man, uh, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. Uh, laziness leads to poverty, uh, and yet diligence. Uh, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. It leads uh, to a rich life. Um, and, I mean, I think about this not only in physical ways. You know, so uh, you see consequences of a lazy person. You see, uh, you know, I guess the most disgusting, uh, at least in, in my mind, is the lazy man, the man that won't go to work. He won't provide for his family. He won't go do. Uh this leads to all other kinds of problems of life. It's not just that you don't have physical things. Uh, it creates problems at work, it, with family, uh, just life issues in general. Uh, laziness is just not a good thing. It has a lot of consequences. Uh, but yet diligence has a lot of good, uh, uh, good attributes, good consequences maybe, I guess you would say. Uh, it says here, diligent, the hand of the diligent makes rich. Uh, there's respect, there's self-respect with hard work, uh, there's uh, the respect from others, yes, there's the money, there's the physical things that come along with it, uh, a good name, good sleep, all right? So there's all kind of things that, you know, if I think about this, not only in the physical realm, but, you know, maybe the emotional and spiritual realm, there's a lot of things that, that are true uh, in, this, in this verse, in this statement that, that Solomon makes. Uh, about uh, what laziness leads to and what being diligent leads to uh, in life. And so certainly a lot to consider there. Verse 5, He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Um, you know, I, y'all know I work in agriculture. So I, Kenzie and I were just talking yesterday. I don't even remember the context of this, but I told her, I said, uh, if you're a farmer today in Mississippi and you are at the house, you're lazy. You ain't going to make it uh, because, you know, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention, but it's been raining about every week, all right? Well, this is the first week. I bet you more than 50% of the Mississippi crop got planted this week. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but that, that's probably higher than 50%. All right, well, so you think about this farmer has been most of the winter and spring, he's been preparing. He's been getting the tractors ready. He's been getting the planters ready. And guess what? It's go time. We got to go. We got to go to the field. We got to make it happen. Uh, and that's what he's saying here. He gathers in summer as a wise son. When it's time to go, it's time to go. When it's time to go to the field, it's time to go to the field. We got to go get the crop. Um, uh, he who sleeps and harvests his son who causes shame. So you think about just like what I said, if that guy right now today, of course, he's talking about harvest time, the same concept. If that farmer yesterday was sitting in the house and he's not done, uh, some of them are done, but he's not done, uh, guess what? That causes shame. We're not going to have enough to eat come, come the winter. We're not going to make the money we need to make to get the family through the wintertime. Uh, you know, so uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I keep going back to... Um, you know, this idea of it's time to go to work, we got to go, all right? And so, you know, if I think about that in terms of, uh, of, all, of, of all of our lives, we're not as much 
at least in, in here, we don't have any farmers, uh, but we understand those concepts. We understand that, you know, uh, not all jobs, but a fair amount of jobs, it's just like when it's just time to go, it's just time to go. We don't stop till it gets done. We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop and get water. We're, we're just going to keep going. Sometimes we don't eat lunch. You know, it's just, we're just working. Um, I can't, I don't, I don't remember this guy's name. Uh, and I don't remember if I heard the story, read the story, listened to the story. I can't remember. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a father talking about his son. And he said when they would build fence, when the boy was, uh, when his boy was growing up, they'd be out building fence for the, for the cows. Uh, I think they had pigs too, but anyway, uh, they're out building fence, and the boy wants to get water. He said, oh, no, we're going to stop when we get down there to the end. You see the end down there? That's when we get water, all right? Uh, and he tells a story about the, the, that same boy going to play at his friend's house, and they were building a fort, and his, son, and his boy told the other boy, we ain't going to go get no water until we get done building this fort. You know, and so that father taught that son, you know, hey, uh, no, we're, we're going to keep working until we get done here, until uh, we get down to the end. Uh, and I think that's the point he's making here in verse 5. Uh, he who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps and harvests is a son who causes shame. Let's go to work when it's time to go to work. Verse 6, blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Um, seems like it's just a natural law. And, of course, you know, I told you all to be, be kind of paying attention to what he talks about, about the wicked and the righteous. These, these two people, these two characters come up uh, very often in, the, in these chapters to come. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. Uh, like I say, it just seems like it's just a natural law uh, in life that, you know, if you act righteously, blessings are going to come. Uh, and this does seem to be true for the most part in physical ways and certainly in spiritual ways. It's certainly true in spiritual ways. Uh, we know that to be the case. But blessings seem to come to the righteous in physical ways. You know, so if you act righteously, if you uh, act as the way the Lord should act, if you treat people like a Christian should treat people, blessings are going to come. People are going to recognize those things, and blessings flow from that. But violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Verse 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. You know, uh, your name uh, here, you know, he says, the memory of the righteous, uh, but the name of the wicked will rot. What do people think of when they think of Matt Walters, Andrew Lewis, Evan Gregory? You know, what do people think of? Uh, you know, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's. Maybe he is, but I think it, it would be true either way. Even after someone's gone, the memory of them, uh, or just when I'm not here. You know, how, how do I make other people feel? Uh, do I treat them correct? Uh, and you know, it does seem to me that you know, folks. Uh, Certainly remember when you treat them right in a situation where you could have treated them wrong. You know, so when they recognize that you could have made a decision to do right or wrong and you made the decision to do right, uh, they remember that. Uh, and the memory of you is blessed. You know, they, uh, they think good things. Uh, but when 
you choose the other path. When, when, when we choose the path of I can choose to do right, I can choose to do what's good for someone else versus what's good for me, and I choose what's good for me at the cost of someone else, and maybe not even at their cost, just maybe not at their benefit. You know, maybe it doesn't have a direct cost to them. Uh, they remember that. Uh, and your name is trash. <laughs> you know, you're, you're pretty much done. And they're going to tell their neighbor, and they're going to tell the next person, and, oh, no, don't be buying, no, don't call that Matt guy. Oh, no, uh, he'll steal your timber. Or, you know, what, whatever it may be. Don't call Andrew, no, uh-uh. Oh, no, he's going to do you dirty. You know what I mean? So um, we all know that. We all see that. And, it, and it's in every uh, avenue of life. Uh, and Solomon here is saying the righteous name is blessed, uh, but the name of the wicked will rot. And you think of just, I, I think about how stinky, you know, I think about the, something rotting, how nasty that smell is, and you just, ah, I don't want to be around it. I don't want to smell it. Uh, I remember that. You know, you know, we can remember the smells, you know. I, I'm done with that. Verse 8, The wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. Um, there is a lot or, or it is difficult I think uh, for us sometimes to receive instruction for us uh, to receive commands for us to uh, want to hear what someone else has to say um, but he's saying you're wise if you do that the wise in heart will receive commands. We will listen to others. We're not uh, out there only looking to do what, what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to receive uh, instruction uh, from someone else. The wise in heart does that. Uh, but a prating fool, uh, prating is talking excessively. That's another word I don't use in my everyday vocabulary. But uh, a, prating, a prating fool will fall. Uh, and so, you know, you can just picture in your mind that person that talks a bunch and is foolish. Um, they will fall. So here again, a contrast. The wise receives commands and a prating fool will fall. The idea is the prating fool is not going to receive those commands. Verse 9, he who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. Some of what we've already talked about. He who walks with integrity walks securely. You know, uh, your name will hold you up. He who perverts his own ways will become known. You know, so again, going back to what we were talking about in verse 7, uh, our name uh, will be known. Others are going to know about us. Verse 10, he who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. Again, this prating fool's fallen. Uh, I don't want to be this prating fool. He's mentioned it twice in two verses. Uh, he's telling us that prating fool uh, will fall. Who winks with the eye causes trouble. Uh, you know, I uh, think about, you know, people, you know, uh, if you get to talking about any kind of business dealings and they, you know, uh, uh, wink, wink, you know, you know, they either say it or give you the wink, wink. You know, uh, there's something going on here. This is not right. Uh, we ought not have to do that. If that's going on, we ought to walk away because that person causes trouble. That person's looking for some, for some way to get ahead. We've all met this person. We all know what this looks like. Uh, we don't want to be this person. 
Uh, and we need to recognize that that person will cause us trouble uh, if we're around them and if we're dealing with them. They're going to they're gonna do so. The mouth of the righteous, verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Um, <clears throat> you look there um, and you think about the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. What all could Solomon mean? Um, it's what I think about. I think about when I'm around uh, a righteous person, uh, a wise person, uh, there's a lot of wisdom to be gained if I'll open my ears, if I'll ask questions, if I'll seek advice, if I will seek uh, to learn more about that person, that righteous person is a well of life. They're, they're, they're just overflowing. They're, they're springing out uh, goodness. They're springing out good things. Uh, and I want to be around those people. Uh, when, I, when I identify one of those people, I, I strive to spend my time around them, talk to them on the phone, do something, because uh, they're a well of life uh, to all those around them. And again, I want to be that person. I want to be the person that is this this well of life. But it's the righteous that is it. The mouth of the righteous is this. And so, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Verse twelve: Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. <clears throat> I was in a uh, dealing not long ago, and uh, this particular individual. Uh, a little bit of a property line dispute. Uh, it wasn't a dispute till he made it one. And the words out of his mouth, he calls me and I'm going to get a survey on this because if my what I'm buying goes over into that next guy, I'm going to go over there and farm that. And I don't like that guy, and I'm going to get it. You know, and I'm thinking, man, man, oh man. There's a ditch right there. Just don't go across the ditch, you know. And you talk about an acre, but he hates him. He said, "I don't like that guy." And if I can do him wrong, I will. I mean, I want to get off the phone so fast I couldn't stand it, you know. But just I thought about him when I read this verse. Hatred stirs up strife, and we can see this in other areas of life. And we've we've met people like that. Uh, I certainly don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person that holds these kind of grudges because. It's going to stir up trouble. There's going to be trouble around those people. There's going to be trouble around that person. Um, but, you know, in this example, he just, you know, we're talking about an acre on the other side of this ditch, possibly, maybe, if we get a survey and it says it's over. And I'm thinking, even if the survey says it's over, leave him alone. You know, what's it matter? Farm to that ditch. That's what looks like the natural boundary line to me. That's what you've been farming. <laughs> you know, why all of a sudden make trouble now? Uh, but that's what hatred will do. Hatred leads us down bad paths. Hatred leads us in, in areas, uh, and we can let these things fester in our own lives, where it builds up in us, and we wind up doing things that we ought not. We wind up stirring strife. We wind up stirring up things that we shouldn't. But love covers all sins. James, no, First Peter 4 and in verse 8. 1 Peter 4 and in verse 8, let's start in verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. 
for love will cover a multitude of sins. Uh, that's a reference from right here. That's Proverbs 10 and verse 12. Love covers uh, all sins. What does this mean? Does that mean that I can just love everybody to no sin? No. I think it means if I have a hatred attitude, I'm going to stir up strife. It's going to cause problems. Uh, but if my attitude is love, well, when I have, when there's an opportunity for me to do the right thing, for me to just love you, I'm going to just love you, all right? And I'm not going to stir up strife. It's just going to cover that. It's going to make sure that that sin never took place. That's what I think. He, that's what I think he's saying here. Not saying that I can just love everybody uh, to, to to no sin, uh, and that my love covers sin or any of any of those things. I think he's just saying here this attitude allows these things not to happen, allows those sins not to take place. Because if I have an attitude of hatred, it will. If I have an attitude of love, it will not. Uh, very powerful verse, very or proverb, very short. Uh, but so much in there for us to be mindful of, uh, so much in there for us to strive uh, to live up to. Uh, sometimes these things are hard uh, uh, to do. Verse 13, Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. All right? Uh, Who's the understanding man? You know, you could kind of go back to that and you could look back in, in the Proverbs to see who's the understanding man. But he's saying wisdom is found on his lips. Uh, listen to it. Wisdom is found there of him who has understanding. But a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Um, you know, it does seem that the rod is something that some folk, some people, that's the only thing they understand. I don't, I don't, I can't fully wrap my mind around that, but I think Solomon's telling us that is that is true. A rod is evidently uh, the only thing that they get, and you need to use the rod for these folks. All right, uh, I'm, not, I'm not. Well, I guess we ought to back up a little bit here. I don't think we need to be going out beating folks who are devoid of understanding, but I do think he's telling us that's the only thing those folks understand. And be mindful of that. Understand that. Know that. Uh, and, uh, you know, be aware that this is true. Uh, you know, like I say, it just seems that some people you can't talk to, you can't reason with, you can't, uh, no matter how good and wise this person is over here, uh, the man that is devoid of understanding, he just won't listen. He's not going to take heed. Be mindful of that uh, as we go about our day. Verse 14. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. You know, uh, it seems like he's kind of hit this in verse 11 and in verse 13. And now in verse 14, wise people store up knowledge. And wisdom is found on the lips of him who is understanding. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. All right? And wise people store up that knowledge. They're looking to gain knowledge. They're looking to uh, understand. They're looking to uh, know other people's perspectives, know other people's opinions, know their point of view. Uh, I'm looking to, uh, or a wise person, wise people, 
are storing up that knowledge. They're seeking knowledge. They're seeking understanding. They're seeking wisdom. That's what uh, a wise person is doing. Uh, But the foolish, uh, the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Um, What they say is no good is what I, you know, kind of have written down here. Their mouth is, uh, the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. It's just, it's going to lead to nothing. It's it's not going to, uh, you know, you listen to them, the mouth of the foolish, uh, it's not going to lead down anything good. Verse 15, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. We all know, uh, you know, it says here, the rich man's wealth is his strong city, is his stronghold, maybe, uh, another way to think about that. Uh, we all know this to be true, you know. Money has a certain security that goes along with it. Uh, there's a certain security to knowing that you got ten cows in the pasture. We're at least not going to go hungry. We at least got something to you know. There's security behind that. I think that's just what he's saying here. Uh, that that's his that's his strong city. That's his stronghold. Uh, his wealth. Uh, the destruction of the poor is their poverty. Again, we've talked about the the problems that come along with poverty. Uh, the problems that come along uh, with that. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Verse 16, the labor of the righteous leads to life. The wages of the wicked to sin. This seems to me to be, you know, at least uh, least the easiest thing for me to think of is the uh, spiritual side of this. The labor of the righteous leads to life. So there's hope. there's, There's an... Eternal, uh, there's eternal life that's coming to the righteous, but the wages of the wages of the wicked uh, to sin. So, you know, what's going to happen uh, to the to the wicked? Uh, there's uh, there's something to be paid. The wages uh, of the wicked to sin, and so, like I say, I, to me, this seems to be more uh, eternal in nature. That this is where this leads. Uh, in the end. Verse 17, He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. <clears throat> he who keeps instruction is in the way of life. And so, uh, you know, we, we've already talked a little bit about uh, verse 8, the wise in heart will receive commands. Uh, the person... Uh, he who keeps these instructions is the way of life. So I, I'm, I'm looking to that. I love the in, instruction. Uh, he who refuses correction goes astray. So if I'm going to refuse uh, the person that's trying to help me, if I'm going to refuse that person that's trying to correct me and lead me down the right path, uh, I'm going to go astray. So here again, it, I, I see the idea here of uh, being willing to accept uh, some correction, being willing to accept instruction from others. Uh, that's a very positive thing. Uh, that's something that, that uh, the Proverbs certainly uh, say is wise. Verse 18, whoever hides, hatred, whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander uh, is a fool. <clears throat> you know, I don't really, I personally don't have a whole lot to say here. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. I think we just, you know, to me, this is pretty straightforward. We kind of understand this uh, to be to be true, especially the second part. Whoever spreads slanders a fool, uh, 
these things come back around. You know, uh, you go to spreading a bunch of stuff, uh, and you know it's foolish. It's going to come back around uh, to you. So be mindful of that. Recognize that. Verse 19, But in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. We all understand this to be true. The more you speak, the more trouble you get yourself into. Uh, we've probably all experienced this. Fewer words are typically better. You know, so if I can um, uh, make my words few, I have the opportunity to sin a whole lot less. Uh you know, I know y'all have heard it said, the Lord gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. It's simple math. You've got to listen twice as much as you talk. You know, so these are things that, that we all know, we've all seen. We've probably even seen it in our own life. We've all done it. Uh, we've all spoke too much and then realized it maybe even in the moment and been like, whew, I wish I could take about half of that back, you know. Uh, so you know, anyway, just some more wisdom. Uh, from Solomon, the tongue, verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Um, you know, I, I think about, at least to me, this uh, the image I get, at least, is that uh, the righteous speak good and valuable things. There's value uh, in the tongue of the righteous. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. So, you know, they, they speak valuable things. Again, we ought to be listening. The heart of the wicked is worth little. 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Um, he's spoken a lot about this, like we've already said. The lips of the righteous feed many. Uh, we ought to be paying attention. The fools die for lack of wisdom. Verse 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Uh, the blessings that come from him make us rich. Uh, they are ultimately the measure of, of, of wealth is the blessings of the Lord. Uh, wealth in a spiritual sense is what, what I really what really comes to my mind um, because that's really the only true measure. The only true measure of us is if we're going to heaven or hell. So uh, the blessings of the Lord will make us rich. And he has no sorrow with it. So they're pure. They're good. They're good for us. Verse 23, To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. Uh, I'm sure y'all have heard you know, different things. Like, you know, uh, lying. he's lying for sport. You know, that's the one I, I think of the most. You know, they just... It's just what they do. They enjoy it. Uh, and he's saying here, uh, to do evil is like sport to a fool. So that's who a fool is. A fool enjoys that. A fool uh, loves it. It's just what he does. Uh, but a man of understanding has wisdom. So there's your contrast. Uh, the fool loves evil. It's sport to him. Uh, and you can see it in people from time, at least I think I can, from time to time you'll meet somebody and you're like, oh man, they just love it, you know. <laughs> they love whatever they're, you know, whatever evil they're participating in. They love it, uh, and they want you to participate with them because uh, it's sport to them. Verse twenty-four: The fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. Uh, <clears throat> you know, 
the fear of the wicked will come upon him. You know, eventually, your evil is going to catch up with you. Uh, it's going to come get you. The desire of the righteous uh, will be granted. Uh, what is the desire of the righteous? The desire of the righteous is the good things. The Lord wants to grant the righteous uh, good things. And so it's going to be granted uh, either, you know, you can think about it uh, somewhat physically, but certainly in a spiritual realm, uh, the desire of the righteous is to be with the Lord, and He's going to grant that uh, to the righteous. Verse 25, When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an eternal foundation. Uh, In the end... That's who's going to be standing. You know, you can think about it as kind of like a, uh, you know, of course here he uses this this idea of the whirlwind. You know, the whirlwind coming by. When the whirlwind passes by, so something you think about like like a tornado, when it comes by, it sucks the wicked away, but the righteous is still standing there. So, you know, when everything's gone, uh, the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Uh, Their foundation... Uh, being in the Lord, last being everlasting. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, verse 26, so is a lazy man to those who send him. Uh, it stings, it tastes bad, it burns. You know, it, it's no good. Uh, as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. You know, I, I hadn't tried apple cider vinegar in a while. I thought there for a little bit I was going to try to do that. I was man enough to do that every day. You know, drink me a spoonful of that suppose that was going to cure me of all evil and cancer or whatever you know but anyway it was horrible i couldn't i couldn't stand it you know, couldn't get the taste out of my mouth you know so that, I, that's the image i get when i when i read this verse you know vinegar to the teeth you just, it's just it's there i can't get it out and smoke to the eyes i was grilling last night and the smoke gets in your eyes and it's just it's painful your eyes go to water uh what's he say that's the feeling to the one that sends the lazy man. Uh, you know, you send him down there to do a job, the lazy man comes back, and nothing's done. Oh, how painful it is. It burns, it makes you mad. And he's telling you, you're going to feel this. That's what Solomon's telling you. You're going to feel this when you send the lazy man. Uh, so don't send a lazy man. Uh, but he's telling you, if you do, get ready. It's going to happen. It's going to be painful. Uh it's going to be painful to you. Verse 27, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked uh, will be shortened. You know, uh, you can think about this as far as, you know, living uh, living a more holy life uh, certainly saves you from a lot of heartache and, and things that, that lead down bad, you know, you can think about it from, from drinking, smoking, you know, any of those things that lead... Uh, to health concerns, uh, or you can think about this, you know, from a physical side or a spiritual side, this is true. Uh, you know, your days will be eternal uh, if you fear the Lord, uh, and they certainly will be shortened, you know, uh, if you are wicked. Verse 28, the hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Um, Verse 29, the way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Um, God path, God's path brings strength to the righteous, uh, but the wicked plans uh, will perish. 
Uh, I mean, this is just a, again, another, another true uh, statement, just some true statements he's making here uh, in verse 28 and 29. Verse 30, The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. We'll go ahead and read through. We're about done, so we'll try to stop at the end of the chapter. Verse 30 through 32, But the, the righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. Uh, and so... You know, he's repeating some of the same things we've already talked about. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. Think back to verse uh, 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, he says in verse 11. Um, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. And so here again, he's telling us a lot about this righteous man. He's telling us a lot about that, uh, who that is, who that looks like, what they do. What they don't do, he's telling us a lot about the wicked, same thing. Uh, what is this person doing? What does that look like? Uh, who is this person? And certainly we don't want to be uh, that person, and we want to be able to recognize uh, these people when we see them. That's all I've got. Uh, we, made it, we made it through one. I didn't, like I told you, I didn't know how far we'd make it, uh, but uh, we certainly made it the end of chapter 10 and I appreciate uh, y'all's patience and attention